Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. How much do you experience the Holy Spirit testifying to you that God the Father is your Heavenly Father? Do you have a lifestyle of growing to know God the Father as your Heavenly Father? Do you spend time in prayer, praise, and worship with your Heavenly Father? Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 8 and look at this overwhelming privilege of actually being sons and daughters of God the Father in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday morning here in Texas and uh, man, what a good day to be loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, more Jesus, more Jesus, and more Jesus. That is the, the meaning of our life is growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, it's, it's, it's really the greatest privilege we have and there's nothing in our life that will that will bring us more joy, more peace, uh, more blessing, more favor, more purpose than uh, growing to know Jesus and spend time with Jesus. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Today, the plan is to do uh, Romans 8, uh, picking up uh, in verse 12 and uh, probably go to around verse 17. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor your goodness and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for this incredible and profound book of Romans. Father, we thank you for the, the profound truth and insights, Lord, that are, that are in this book. Father, we thank you that we have our whole Bible. We thank you for the 66 books that make up our Bible and just for the tremendous revelation and understanding. We thank you that you've given us a manual on, on what to believe, and how to live our lives, Father. We just thank you for your mercy and goodness. But above all, Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that, that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we should have died we thank you that you are alive and risen today, and we worship you today, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. All right, Romans 8, starting in verse 12, and I'll read to 17. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the spirit of God are, are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also 
share in his glory. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So um, you remember back in verse nine, Paul said, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now, going down to verse 12, Paul says, therefore, in light of that, okay, in light of the fact that we're controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit, verse 12, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. To it. We were talking about in Bible study yesterday. It's a heavy word, obligation, okay? So as Christians, those who are who have truly received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those of us who are trusting, relying, literally clinging to Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, knowing our desperate need of him and that without him, only eternal hell awaits, right? Um, those of us who have Jesus living in us, okay? Um, that's a Christian. He says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation we, we, we are obliged. It is our responsibility. We have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. Okay. I've said this over and over. Um, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right, May? Um, our, our sinful nature, the power is taken from our sinful nature. Before we became Christians, Anyone who's not a Christian today does not have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, literally Jesus living in them by his Spirit. Anyone that is not in Christ today is actually enslaved still to sin. Paul told us in chapter 6 that if we're not in Christ, then sin is our master. We're enslaved to sin. We cannot help but sin. We are completely dominated by the sinful nature. But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our old self, our old spiritual self was crucified with Jesus, okay? It was killed and we were given a new spirit, right? We became spiritually alive and we have a new self that's spiritually alive with Jesus Christ living in us. We're one with Jesus. And now we actually have the power by the Holy Spirit of God to live an upright, holy, and a life pleasing to Jesus Christ our Lord. And in this place, okay, um, our sinful nature, again, the power is taken from it, but our sinful nature, right, Nathan, is not eradicated. So Paul says in verse 12, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. So again, the sinful nature is still there. That sinful nature has, has left an imprint on us. And we, there are still outside forces, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil that are, you know, that are trying to, to get us to live currently as Christians the way we did before we were Christians, to have us live our life dominated by the sinful nature. All right. Paul says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, okay? but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. As Christians, the pattern of our life should not be living according to the sinful nature, meaning the pattern of our life needs to be living 
being led by the Spirit of God. When you look at your life today, take a moment and examine your life, okay? When you think about your life, can you see a pattern in your life of living your life being led by the Holy Spirit? Throughout your day, do you experience the Holy Spirit leading you and convicting you to want to walk with Jesus? Do you, do you experience the Holy Spirit leading you to pray throughout your day? Do you, do you experience the, the Holy Spirit leading you to, to have a times of, of praise and worship and thanksgiving? Um, just do you experience the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit leading you to wanna spend time in this Bible? How much of your life would be characterized by being led by the Holy Spirit and how much of your life would you say is characterized with being led by your sinful nature? Meaning the, the, the ungodly desires, the selfish, self-serving desires, the sinful desires that we all still struggle with. So again, we ought to do an examination in our life, okay? Because Paul says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. This is as Christians now, those with Jesus living in us, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. This is an obligation. It's something we must work at. Now, we can't do it in our own strength. It's only through the Holy Spirit that, that we cannot live according to our sinful nature, okay? Verse 13, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So look at this, Alicia, okay? But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, again, we can't put to death the misdeeds, okay, uh, of our body. And again, our sinful nature would still have us to use while we're in this body, you know, it, it's still an instrument of temptation so that we use the parts of our body, whether it's our eyes, right, to, you know, to look at things in a, in a sinful way, um, our ears, right, um, to use our, our faculties, right, in a, in, in a sinful, ungodly way, okay? It's, it's only by the Spirit, okay? We can't in our own strength. We can't by the law. It's only by the grace of God and the Spirit of God in cooperating with the Holy Spirit that we can put to death. And it is our job to do this. It doesn't just happen on its own. Every one of us ought to be able to look at ourselves and recognize, you know, the sinful tendencies in our life. And the more we grow to know Jesus, right, Corinne, more deeply and more intimately, the more we'll be able to recognize the sin in our lives. Um, it's the person that is consistently growing in Christ, growing more closely, growing closer to Jesus, as I say at the beginning of every teaching, growing to know Jesus more and more, the more you grow to know him, the more you have eyes to see how much you really are not like him. So there's another good examination for you to do, right, Rap? I mean, how much do you really see that you're not like Jesus and how much do you grieve over that? Now you're not, you shouldn't be condemned. There's no shame, there's no condemnation. We don't walk around saying, oh, I'm just terrible and I'm an, an awful person. That, that's silliness. There's no, there's no false humility in it. Just in truth, 
Do you see, right, Becky, do you see in yourself just a real desire to be more and more and more like Jesus Christ, your Lord, more like Jesus, your Savior, your Master, your King, your God? Can you see this desire in yourself, this, 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 this true desire to really want to be more like Jesus, to want to be more pleasing to him? And, you know, do you experience a, a frustration, a grief, a conviction, you know, in the areas of your life where, where you're not like that? Just areas where you're self-serving, areas where we're, we're selfish, right? Areas where we're myopic and it's all about me and my life and my wife and my kids and, and my money and my problems and my ministry, right? Um, our lives ought to be about increasingly thinking less about ourselves and more about Jesus, right? Growing in relationship with our heavenly father, with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit, and more and more thinking about others and loving others in Christ and for Christ, right? So again, examine yourself and, 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 and see what is the pattern of your life in this, Chris, right? All right, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If, if as a Christian, okay, you, you actually have a lifestyle of still consistently cooperating, willfully cooperating with your sinful nature, all that will produce in your life is death, okay? You'll have, you'll have very little peace. Um, you'll have very little meaning. You'll have very little power. For if you live according to the sinful nature, meaning as a Christian, if the sinful nature is still consistently dominating your life, okay, and there are Christians, immature Christians, baby Christians, that that still their life has as much of a pattern of, of living according to the sinful nature as according to the spirit. Now, again, if the complete pattern of your life is still living only to fulfill which you know to be sinful desires based in the Bible, then you want to step back and examine yourself and see if Jesus Christ truly is living in you. Because if you are a Christian today, if Jesus is truly living in you, there ought to be a pattern in your life of thinking about Jesus, of, of wanting to walk with him. And again, we're all in a different place in this, but there ought to be a desire and a devotion to know Jesus more and to live for him more. If you don't recognize any of that, then you want to go back to the foot of the cross and receive Jesus Christ anew as your Lord and Savior. Just simply go back to the cross, humble yourself and say, Lord Jesus, I, you know, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I humble myself before you. I confess that I'm a sinful person. Lord Jesus, the entire pattern of my life is living in sin. And Lord, so I, I want to live for you, Lord, but Lord, I want to know that I know that I know you as my Lord and Savior. So I ask you again, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin, to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and hope and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Again, remember, the lifestyle we live for Christ does not save us. It doesn't help save us. 
Okay, we're saved by 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 grace alone, by God's unmerited favor toward us, through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. Salvation is a gift. Okay, eternal life now and going to heaven when we die is is an absolute gift. But if we have received that gift and Jesus Christ is living in us, we ought to be in this process of sanctification, and we ought to recognize a level in our lives. Of, of growing little by little, day by day, more to want to be like Jesus. And if you don't recognize any of that, then again, you want to question whether Jesus is living in you. And again, you want to, you want to call on him and receive him as your savior, right? A new and a fresh. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. So again, as a Christian, if, you, if consistently we're, we're still living in, in sinful ways, and, you know, and there are still sinful patterns consistently in our life uh, that will not produce life, that will not produce joy, that will not produce peace, that will not produce power, that will not produce contentment. All living in sin does is produce more and more death. OK, I'm not talking about physical death, although because, you know, we still have a sinful nature and because we still live in a body that's been corrupted by sin we will die physically, okay? We cannot die spiritually if we're in Jesus Christ. We have spiritual life, we have eternal life, and that can never be taken from us. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The more we cooperate with the Spirit of God to live a holy and upright and Christ-centered life, right, Pop? The more we do that, the more we will live, the more we'll have life, the more we'll have peace, the more we'll have joy, the more we'll have meaning, the more we'll have an intimacy of relationship with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ our Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And there's really, there really is nothing better than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, verse 14, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And when, when Paul says sons here, he certainly means sons and daughters. So, you know, one of the, one of the great evidences, okay, that, that, that we're Christians is that we're led by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God lives in us. And, and, and when the Spirit of God comes to live in us, when we're saved, God the Father becomes our, our heavenly Father. It's incredible because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We're his children. And as his children, we ought to have a desire to please him and want to be like him. But, but just let that sink in, okay? Let that sink in. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. As his children, okay, we have received eternal life. We've received spiritual life. And, and we are led by his Holy Spirit as his children, right? Um, he's given us, right? Our Heavenly Father has given us his Holy Spirit to lead us. In, in growing as his children, growing to know him, growing to walk with him, growing to experience life with him as our heavenly father. It's incredible. Look at verse 15. 
For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. This word Abba again is, is a word that just means, that means father, that means daddy. It's, it's this word that really represents relationship, right? I mean, we're, we're in Jesus Christ. This is profound, right, Kristen? In Jesus, we have relationship with each member of the Trinity. Remember, we have a triune God, one being, right? But three distinct, separate, individual persons. You and I are human beings. We have, we're, we're one being in one person as we're finite. He's infinite, right? So he's one being, one God, but three distinct, individual, separate persons. And in Jesus Christ, we have this incredible relationship with the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is our guide, our counselor, our comforter. Jesus Christ, God the Son, Jesus, is our Lord and Savior and Master and King and Friend. And God the Father is our Heavenly Father. And we know Him as our Father and we experience relationship with Him. And we call Him Abba and He's our Father and He's our Daddy and we can speak to Him and cry out to Him and talk to Him and His desire is that we grow to know Him. And that's a consequence of being in Jesus Christ, right? For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. When, when God the Father saved us, when he sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to save us and, and to redeem us, okay, it wasn't so that, that we would just be slaves, okay? He saved us so that we would be his children. So, so where are you in that today? Right? Are you a Christian, but you would say that you know, you're still living in, in slavery? Right, Lauren? Because again, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Do you see it, May? When we were saved, our father, our father didn't want slaves. Okay, he wants sons and he wants daughters. He's not a God that's just some kind of some tyrant. This is why I say over and over and over again, we want to we want to replace this word God. Certainly, He is God, but we want to grow to know our God. So we want to we want to grow to know Him as Father. Every time you're going to use the word God when you're speaking to Him or about Him, just replace it with with Father or Heavenly Father or Lord Jesus or Holy Spirit. This is why He's given us these relationships. These persons. We don't have relationship with what something is. Okay. We have relationship with, with who they are. Okay. My wife doesn't have relationship with me with what I am. She doesn't walk around. I don't call her. She doesn't call me human being. We have relationship with each other as, as husband and wife and sweetie and John and May and all those things we call each other. And it's, believe me, you know, we also, you know, our sinful nature rises up and we often behave in ways that we ought. I'm not trying to pretend that we have this, you know, oh, sweetie, you know, we're growing in our marriage. We've been married 22 years and, you know, I got a long way to go. She's better than me at it. Um, but the point is we relate to one another in terms of, of you know, of, of, of who we are and our person. And it's the same with our heavenly father. We don't grow to know God as God, as what he is. We grow to know him as our father, right? For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again, this fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. 
Your father, your father desires that you truly know that he is your father. And again, um, trying to understand the love of our heavenly father. It's, it's so immense that it's, again, it's near impossible to grasp. If, if we had parents that loved us, right? Whatever love we've experienced on this earth, our heavenly father's love is so much greater than that, okay? And he wants us to truly know him as our father, right? For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, okay? So again, he's not a tyrant God. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't mean that we don't live in the fear of God, right? Meaning our heavenly father loves us. So we ought to have a certain fear. He's not going to ever send us to hell. But as a loving father, he will discipline us, right, Sujit? Um, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, the Hebrew writer said, right? It's painful, but later on it produces a, a harvest of righteousness for those who've been trained by it. My my little brother Sujit, I think he's what, 13, 14 years old, and he uh, you know, that's his life verse. Pretty cool life verse, huh? Hebrews 12. Wow. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him. By the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. So again, begin to more and more cry out to your Father and speak to your Father and talk to your Father and talk to Jesus, right? Growing to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your Master, your King. He's your friend. God the Father is your Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit is your guide, your counselor, your comforter. And in Jesus, we have this, these inc this incredible relationship with each of them. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Help us, Father, to know you better. Help us, Father, to cry out to you, to know you intimately as our Father, as our Daddy. Golly. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. As we grow to walk with Jesus more intimately, okay, as we grow to obey him, as we grow to put to death the misdeeds of the body, as we grow to live more and more led by the, by the spirit and not by our sinful nature, the more we'll, we will experience the Holy Spirit testifying to us, confirming to us, and bringing just increasing joy and ebullition that, that we, that God the Father really is our heavenly Father and we really are his children. And, and, and as we, we, we grow to walk in step with the spirit, right? Like Galatians 5 says, um, you know, to, to walk in the spirit, um, just as, as we grow in this relationship, again, life takes on just, just this immense and greater and greater meaning, right? Golly. Wow. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So again, you want to ask yourself, right, Wendy, how much am I experiencing that testimony? How much do I experience the Holy Spirit testifying? And how much do I really experience that or recognize that? And again, I want it more. So Every one of us should step back and say, right, May, you know, I don't, that's not enough. I'm not experiencing that enough. So ask, Holy Spirit, help us, I pray, one and all, just to just to, to hear you, to experiencing you testifying to our spirit. 
that, 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 that God the Father is our heavenly Father, that we are his children, that, that the God of the universe is our heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, help us to experience that testimony and help us to live our lives in a way more and more and more that we will experience you, Holy Spirit, testifying to our spirit in a knowing way that God the Father really is our heavenly Father and help us to really understand what that means. Wow. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And then verse 17, now if we are children and if we're in Jesus, we are then we are heirs. Wow. We have an inheritance. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. In our inheritance, we receive in this life and the next. It's not just the next life, but look at the last part of this verse. And this is, this is heavy and we're going to end here. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And, and just that's, that's beyond understanding, right? Co-heirs with Christ, okay? Um, but look what he says after that. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, golly, what, what is this saying here, Scott? Golly. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, right, Nathan? And then it says, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I mean, I confess that I've been confessing since I've studied this, that I want to share in the glory, but I don't really want to share in the sufferings. But what, what Paul is saying here, and this is clear and it's unmistakable, okay? All humanity throughout their life participates in suffering. Because sin is in the world, sin has ravaged the world, and we're going to get more into this next time, all humanity participates in suffering. Every human being goes through various degrees of suffering and difficulty throughout their life. Every human being. And as Christians, we're no different. As a matter of fact, our Heavenly Father has set this whole thing up that, that we are going to experience a tremendous glory and eternal life. When we leave this life, there's going to be an immensity of joy and peace and glory that we cannot understand. But as a part of that, we are going to experience also sharing in the sufferings of Christ in this life, sharing in the difficulties. And certainly that does mean, yes, a level of persecution, but it just means the everyday difficulties and sufferings and trials and, and tribulations and hardships that every Christian goes through. It's, it's a part of this life, okay? Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So again, when you're going through suffering, when you're going through difficulty, it is a part of the Christian life. And as I said, I do confess that I often want to share in the glory. I always want to, to have the glory and to go to heaven to experience eternal life. 
But it's, this whole thing's been set up that we're also going to experience the trials and the difficulties and the sufferings. Wow. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness on our lives. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to seal this to our hearts now. We thank you for your mercy in our lives. Help us, Holy Spirit, to put to death the misdeeds of the body that we might experience greater and greater life. And again, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us to experience this testimony that, that, the, that God the Father is indeed our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank you that we are heirs of God. We thank you that we're co-heirs of Christ, Father. And we do ask you to help us just to, to go through the sufferings and the difficulties and the trials of this life, growing to know you more deeply and more intimately, understanding that, that it is a part of the plan that we will experience glory with Jesus but we do also experience suffering with him. Father, we love you and bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.